What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. Okay, you know, like at camps and stuff like this, you take the ball out. You ain't getting the ball back. <laughs> like, you the last one up the court. They already did their thing. So I stopped there, and I just got into a rhythm and started hooping. The Lakers should sign Trey Young this summer. They got to kind of start preparing for, like, if LeBron's last year is this year or next year, whenever it is. And I feel like a uh, pick and roll with AD and a guy like Trey Young would be deadly. Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It offers flexible spending capacity that adapts to your business. You can also earn up to $395 in annual statement credits on eligible purchases at select business merchants. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Terms apply. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcast. Connect the alarm, change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze, 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower, lather up with the news, sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work and traffic so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories, change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Welcome to All the Smoke, a production of The Black Effect and Our Heart Radio, in partnership with Showtime. Welcome back to All the Smoke. My brother, back with, at it. With the new merch. As you see. Which yeah, you hey, I'm saying as good as I look, you really have to say that shit. They gonna, <laughs> yeah, there's going to be somebody in the comments, where the merch at? You know what I'm saying? This nigga, yeah, you know how they go. It. Yeah. You want to introduce your little homie right there? Uh, this is Louis V. Louis V, you know, on 10-day contract with All the Smoke. <laughs> I'm trying him out, yeah, you know what I'm saying? dog. Yeah. Man, we got an uh, exciting show today. Uh, two brothers, man, I look up to. I think a lot of people look up to in this space. Yep. Uh, when it comes to just game and financial literacy and knowing what to do and, and how to stack. Welcome to the show, the Earn Your Leisure Brothers. Yo, Thank you. On? Appreciate, Appreciate it. it. Thank you for having us, bro. Yeah, thank yes, you for coming all from the East Coast. Come fuck. <laughs> Appreciate it. Any, way, any, better, way better weather. Any excuse yeah. to come to L.A., man. We yeah, coming. man, a lot of people done sat on this couch right here. This the pink... The pink velvet. <laughs> oh, man, enjoy. We're going to have some fun. Or purple, excuse me. We're going to have some fun. Uh, yeah, yeah, you are. <laughs> Congratulations, man. Three years in this space. Talk about how it started and, and how proud. Obviously, you're not done. and You continue to evolve. But how it started and, and, and how's it going? Yeah, no, I appreciate that, bro. How it started was, you know, Troy, we've been friends all of our lives. And um, when... I graduated from. It's crazy. I used to play basketball. Okay. Yes, so okay. I knew that was, in New York. I, I knew that was coming. I knew it was coming. How long is gonna sit right away? He tell y'all. I used to play ball. So everybody that watch our show know. Like every episode, he gonna remind y'all. He, he dressed ball like a hooper. You yeah. 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 It's different like now. We were real, real, yeah. real ballers. I'm a real baller. Too. I know you're real baller. This is a different level. No, nah, it's a fact. That's nah, a fact. <laughs> well, yeah, you know, growing up I had hoop dreams. So you know, thoughts going to the league. Obviously, when that didn't work out, tried to go overseas. That didn't work out. So coming back home, I always knew that I didn't want to work a regular job. 
I always wanted to be an entrepreneur, a business owner, something like that. So I tried my hand at being a financial advisor and I studied, I got licensed and um, I started a career as a financial advisor working for an insurance company, selling life insurance, retirement plans, investments, stuff like that. You got to tell me your first client was. Troy, my first client. That's how I go. So right. as I was doing that, he started his career as a teacher. So I never understood that because I'm like, <laughs> that's like an inmate breaking back into jail. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, I hated Literally, school. that's what he used to tell me. Like, I hated bro. school and like, he goes to school his whole life to go back to school. Crazy. So he was teaching and he was in the Bronx and he was teaching and, you know, I was like the most anti-school person in the world. I never wanted to step foot in school after I was done with school, but it had a career day at his school and he asked me to come in and talk to the kids. So I came and I told them what I did. And surprisingly, they was actually very into it. And it was an eye-opening experience for me. Like, you know, going to the school, I hadn't been in school in so long. And going to the school was like, you know, they, they check your, your ID and all of that. All right. And then you got to go through the metal detector and you got to sign in. And then all of the windows have bars on it. And nobody can leave the building from 7 o'clock to 3 o'clock. And all the walls is blue. So I'm like, this This looks like a penitentiary. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, this isn't an environment to learn it. So it was like, this is crazy. How do you expect kids to really become something if this is what they have to look forward to every day? So from there, you know, Troy had a de a developed a program. He's working on a, a program where it was like 14-year-olds, the, the age that was too old to go to camp but too young to work. Mm -hmm. That's a very dangerous age because it's like, you know, most of the time your parents is mm -hmm. working, so you at home all summer and now you don't have anything to do and you fall into a bunch of negative influences. So it was a program where they had the kids from Monday to Friday and they would do job internships two days a week. Okay. And then two days a week, there was classroom visits, classroom days where they would learn about etiquette. They would learn about a variety of different things. And one of the things that they learned was financial literacy. Yeah, I, had to, I, had to, I had to call them like, look, man, we got this, this situation here. We're teaching a lot of things. I'm already working in school with middle school age kids and I'm like, I know the things that we're learning right here is not gonna be applied in the future. In life. And so I said, all right, I need you to come back and help me. I need you to teach financial literacy. Like you said, he was just starting his career. And he was like, uh, I'm like, nah, here's how it's gonna work. I'll write the lesson plans, cause that's what I do. You'll come in and just execute the lesson plans. I'll show you how to teach. And we started getting a nice little formula. That I would show him how to write lessons and come up with lessons. He would teach me about business. And so we started teaching it mm -hmm. to kids. It was like, all right, we got something here. And then he had like, a brilliant idea, like, you know what? We should record this. Because one of our young ladies who was working with us, shout out to our sister Valencia, she had come super popular for teaching in Baltimore, but she was recording in her classrooms. And we were like, everybody was like, I need that type of teacher. I wish I had that type of teacher. And he was like, all right, I'm going to record these lessons. And I'm just sitting here like, all right, whatever, man. Mm -hmm. Let's just keep going, you know what I'm saying? Because there's so much they need to learn. And at the end, this is the key. They were going to get paid. So this is the first time these 14-year-olds were going to have money. And so the value of that was like, we need to teach them about the value, like what money is, how to be responsible with it, how to save, how to invest, how to share it, right? Because the first thing they're going to do once they get paid is like, it's back to school. Mm -hmm. We're going to blow this bread. Mm -hmm. But that's true at any age, that's right? That's life. Like, teenagers are going to do that. Adults Teen are going to do that. Right. <clears throat> Everybody does that, right? If we don't know what to do with it, we do what we know and that's just spend. Right. And so he just started recording and then... <laughs> yeah, yeah then crazy. just went crazy on social media. And then that was like the start of it. And then everybody was asking like, you know, more content. They thought we had a podcast already. And then, you know, I was like, all right, let's just do a podcast. And then three years later, here we are. Yeah, I think we got that. Like we had no idea what mm -hmm. a podcast was. Like they asked him doing it. I'm like, 
what do you, what is, what does that even mean? Like how, thing, how do we record? Yeah, yeah same thing. Like same how thing. do we record? Where does this go? He definitely didn't know. He just said, just sign me up. <laughs> <laughs> it's meant to be. My dog going. I'm right behind him. <laughs> That's exactly what it was. He yeah. was like, you want to do it? We was in my basement. He was like, you want to do a podcast? I was like, all right. What we do? <laughs> and then we just took it from there. Like I met. He wrote down everything he wanted to do. And I was like, all right, let's come. Up with, we got to do a name. How many times are we gonna record? What are we gonna wear? What are we gonna talk about? When are we gonna release it? How are we gonna release it? What are we gonna record? All these things that we had no all idea. All in house. All yeah. like literally in house. We're gonna talk about this, but keep going. Yeah, so in house, like in my dining room. Mm -hmm. And so literally in like literally shit. in my dining room, like with my <laughs> I just got a new chandelier. We had to make sure that that wasn't in each shot. We used our iPhones and had these shotgun mics. Um, we had to he put out a post. We didn't even know how to record. So he put out a post and like, yo, does anybody know how to record a podcast? And somebody responded, and I was like, I, I know him. Like, he was my son's daycare teacher. Mm -hmm. And so he started coming and recording for us, and we are like, all right. So I'm watching that he's, as he's doing it. But we were just like, all right, we kind of want to keep things in. Like, if he wanted to fix something, I'm like, he, I need to know right away so I could fix it, rather than telling the third party, and it's like, we got to wait for that. So I just started studying everything about how to record. Like, I spent like 10 to 15 hours on learning the garage band. Mm -hmm. It's been on my computer, I had no idea how to use it. I started watching shows very intently. I'm looking at the Breakfast Club. What mics they using? All right, we got to get those mics. We got to sound like them. We got to be the best, right? And so like when I bought, I remember going to uh, Guitar Center and the box was like, this mic was used by Michael, Michael Jackson when he recorded Thriller. I'm like, yeah, we need this, right? Yeah, yeah. This is what we need. And then I spent hours in, in Guitar Center teaching me about what XLR chords are mm. and teaching me how to use a focus bright. And I was like, all right, I think I got it. We can produce this. And we just went crazy. And then I let him talk about the social media part because that really propelled it even further. Yeah, social media changed everything for us. I was like, I had an idea. I always knew that the good thing with Instagram is that it made an opportunity for really anybody to become a celebrity. To be heard. So it was like, you know, previously you have to be an athlete or an entertainer to be a celebrity, in our culture at least. But I started seeing like you could be a celebrity chef, you could be a celebrity trainer. So I'm like, you could even be a celebrity financial guy. So I was like, all right, if we just put out content and put it on social media and like swag it up, like, you know what I mean? It's like we, the way we present content is completely different. So people really like, it was the first time that they actually got to see financial literacy, business and investing, but it was like a conversation that you was having in a barbershop. From our own culture. Mm -hmm. exactly. Mm -hmm. exactly. Totally different. Never been done before. Exactly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Exactly. And then it just, it just caught like wildfire. Everything just was going viral. People sharing stuff, information. And it was just like where we are now. Everything was just organic. But social media, Instagram was like really the, the engine that propelled everything. I love it. Speak to, we were kind of talking about it off camera and it really isn't even on script, but the way you were kind of breaking it down to me, like I think it needs to be heard. The importance of having your IP and how you guys, because you guys, are, if, correct me if I'm wrong, three different shows, right? Yeah. Three. Yep. yep. So yeah. break them down. I mean, talk your shit real quick. I mean, <laughs> we always, you know, just coming in, everything that we did was just independent. Like he said, we started, you know, in his dining room and we learned everything and we was real big on just maintaining our independence from an early point and just seeing how, you know, people made mistakes in music. We understood, like, it's something that's very important to have control over what you create. So that was very important for us from the beginning. And the leverage is that, you know, 
we didn't necessarily need the money because at first, you know, I was I still had my job, he still had his job, so we was fine with just you know reinvesting the money that we was getting. And then once we started to actually figure out the podcast game, we could talk about this if you want as well. We found other ways to monetize other than like the regular podcast way. It's just only through corporate ads. So we was kind of cool with not having any corporate ads and we could still monetize the situation. So that gave us a lot of leverage when we was work, when we came in to start working with corporations where it's like, I, I have no problem partnering with you. Right. But this is still our situation. So, like you said, as far as um, you know, we have like relationships with iHeart. Um, shout out to them. Shout out to Charlemagne. We have relationships with a lot of different companies, Ally, Bank, Chase, things of that nature. But they are our partners. You know, it's a difference from actually you know yep. working with somebody and working for somebody. So that's something that you know we was we was real big on early on. And the fortunate thing for us is that being in the business space we were able to learn a lot too from like connecting with different people, different lawyers, different conversations that we were having. So every conversation that we was having, it was kind of like a free tutorial. Okay. Yeah. Okay, right. So so that's something that I encourage everybody to do is, you know, and even if you do sell it later on, it's something that Dame told me too. Shout out to Dame. Y'all should have him as a guest, by the way. He loves to smoke. Um, <laughs> yeah, chain smoker. Yeah, <laughs> Dame told me, he was like, you know, even if you lease the content, there's nothing wrong with that. Like, you know what I'm saying? Like, you can lease it for a couple of years and then get it back. Mm -hmm. And then that way, it's like you leverage the, the corporation. They put you on a bigger platform. You get a bag. But then after the two years, then you can get back. It's like, a, it's like an artist, like, you know, having their masters and then they can reverse it back to them after a couple of years. We talked about, like T.I. had spoke to us about that as well. So, you know, just picking up game from different people and it's like, all right, this is a way to actually still leverage it, keep our independence, keep the brand that we've built, but also use the corporations to just raise our platform. Mm -hmm. It's crazy because we act, like you said, like every time we had a guest, it was like we were learning. And now when we hear it, we're like, we got to apply it. And so when we had our tax professional come on, she's telling us game, all right, we got to apply it. When we had our attorney come on, she's talking about trademarking. It was like, wait, we can't keep saying the name without trademarking. So people don't even realize that's a step. Like we got to trademark it, but trademark it in specific areas because it's different categories, right? So if I want to have this merch on, I have to trademark it for merch. I also have to trademark it if I'm using it for an educational platform, which it is. And so that was a process too. But even like that licensing piece, like we did an episode, rest in peace to Virgil. We were breaking down how he was leveraging Off-White's name to license. We saw that with Disney already. Right, we see Mickey Mouse everywhere. Like, wow, this is not a Disney store. Oh, they licensed in the character. Mm -hmm. It was like, oh. So as we kept listening and getting information, we kept executing on the information. Right. Like I always say, like, people are watching and listening, but they're not paying attention. Right. Right. They just want to be entertained, but it's like, nah, we're here to educate. This is different. Right. right. That's, so that was like the game changer. Well, I think you guys make it understandable because I think for so often the people delivering the message can't relate to us. Period. Yeah. So anything they say, you may pick up things here and there, but I, I feel like it's still a problem in the NBA. That the, who's delivering the message doesn't get through or doesn't break through. So you guys are being more relatable. Obviously, you know Jack touched on that earlier, but just being something from the culture for the culture. So if we can learn from each other, man. That, that's the key, yeah. you know. I mean, you making it fun. I was listening to Kendrick for well, while he was coming here, and he had this line. He was like, "How do I enlighten you without trying to frighten you?" Mm. And I was like, "Ooh, that's it, right? We're gonna speak the language because it's digestible, and this is how we whatever the the music we listen to. This is what it sounds like. Right. The conversations we have, whether it be in the barbershop, this is what it sounds like, and this is naturally what we do. So right. it's like they're gonna be more receptive because it looks like something. Like we did this event with the NFL. Remember this? We came. <laughs> And they had like a bunch of people speaking, 
and uh, you know, shirts and ties and everything. And we just I want to hear that. Yeah, they they hit they sitting in the room. They're like, who are these guys coming? And then we they put us up last. And so we you know we talked about you know different types of topics and, and saving and what they could do with their money. And after we finished, they were like, yo, damn, bro, I need, why they put y'all last, man? I was bored out of my mind. <laughs> yeah. Like you know what I'm saying? They don't they ain't, they not trying to hear that. Relatable. You know what I'm saying? So like yeah, it it was like a breath of fresh air for, for mm-hmm. them for sure. Yeah. You grew your audience really quick. Why do you feel like, I mean, I think we know, but why do you feel like you, it grew so fast? I feel like one of the best device that I got in coming in social media is look what everybody else is doing and do the complete opposite. Mm-hmm. And I feel like that's true in anything in life. Like the vast majority of people is going to follow whatever is successful at that point in time. Music, fashion, whatever. Most people are just followers. The problem with following is that you're always going to be one step behind. Mm-hmm. And you always got to, whenever the leader decides to change directions, mm-hmm. you got to change directions with the leader yeah. as opposed to just doing your own thing. So when we came in, everybody that was talking about finance, even black people talking about finance, they was all buttoned up. They wore suits. There's nothing wrong with that. But that's not how we was dressing on a regular basis. So we used music, sports, culture, fashion, all of that. And then we tied it in with pop culture, like even breaking down different finance stories. Originally it started, originally the original tagline was the backstories of sports and entertainment. So like the first couple of episodes, we really focused on sports and entertainment. We was breaking down the deals, like 50 cents vitamin water deal or Soldier Boy, stuff like that. And people really loved that because it was like the Trojan horse. Like people, we know we love sports and entertainment. So we'll lead with a, a headline story about sports and entertainment, but we'll tie in the business on the back end. Mm-hmm. And then we didn't even have to do that anymore. We just started just talking about straight business. So I think the reason that we grew so fast was that, A, we was just true to ourselves. We didn't try to be anybody that we, we weren't. And there was a, a wide variety of people that was left out. Like there was people that thought that a business podcast from two young black men could never become as successful mm-hmm. as it was because they thought that black people wasn't interested in business. Mm-hmm. It's not that they wasn't interested in business. They just, nobody was speaking to them. And for a long time, we just thought that it was over our head. Like they try to complicate things and make it seem like, okay, that's not for you. Let us do it. Don't worry about it. But then once they realized like, nah, this isn't that complicated. I could do this. I could understand this just like anything else. And now it becomes fun. It's like, oh, I could make money in stocks. I could make money in crypto. I could, do, I could buy real estate. I could do this. I could do that. And it's really generational changing because it's like, you know, we're taught to just go to school and get a job, right? Unless you, you know, are fortunate enough to make it to the league or become a rapper, but that's a very small percent of the population. So the vast majority of people is like, all right, if I can get a union job or if I can become like, where we're from, like sanitation or something like that's real big and there's no disrespect, that's a, that's a tremendously important job. But it's like we never think bigger than that because we don't see bigger than that. Right, right. You know, I mean, we don't we don't know a lot of CEOs. We don't know a lot of you know people that's really running hedge funds and stuff like that. So you only really aspire to what you see. That's why we aspire to be athletes right. because at drug least know, dealers. Yeah, yeah that's true. Drug dealers. Yeah, because we know at least one of those that's successful. Yeah, we right. we see that. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Thanks. It's like oh my man just got a record deal. My man. So it's like, but now they can say, okay, well he's actually doing this in real estate. He's actually doing this as an accountant. And he's still cool. He still listens right. to the same music. Yeah. He still dresses the same way. It's, yeah. it's no problem. And then the music was like a part of the 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 carrot, right? Like when we was in the classroom, it was like I remember writing rap lyrics. And when the kids sat down, like they read the lyric, and that was like, oh, we're gonna teach about business. So I would use like Twenty One Savage. I would use Jay Z. Mm. We used. I remember we used the Beyonce joint when she was like, um, pay me pay my check, put some respect on my check, pay me the equity, watch me reverse all the debt, like just that bar. 
Like now we got a whole financial literacy lesson based mm -hmm. on what Beyonce said. Like what's equity? Well, here's what it is. Mm. You see what I'm saying? And that was a carrot. Now we can have any discussion. Right. Plus we dressed like you said. We dressed how we dressed. So it was mm -hmm. like that was a social equity. You walk into school and you got a fresh pair of J's on. They're gonna like, all right, let me hear what he's saying. Rather if I, you know, I went in there with my shirt and tie. No disrespect to anybody that does that. But it's like, wow, here come another teacher. Mm -hmm. It's like, yo, who are these guys? You know what I'm saying? It, it gives that aspiration, like you said. There's three things that we know we can be, because that's all we ever watched. Like, I remember watching Rap City. I remember watching Vimeo's Box. I watched all nothing but sports. And it was like, all right, well, if I don't do those things, what's my what value in my community? Right. right. What like, what value do I have? Like, you know what I'm saying? The athlete, the ball player. <laughs> or like you said, like a hustler. It's hustler. like that, that same love. Like, if yeah. you get that love as a hustler, like you you got a nice car, you got a nice watch, you yeah. know, the girls, whatever. And it's like, that's something that you can aspire to. But now they see like you can have that just legally. Yeah, you don't you have know. to, you know, sacrifice your life for your freedom to attain these things. So it's just opening up, I think, a whole new generation's mind that there's so many possibilities. limitless possibilities. Y'all talk, talk, talking the language that nobody was talking though, like in that space, you know what I'm saying? Yeah. Makes it relatable to us. Like even, even me, you know, you know, I'm a real one. I wasn't interested in listening to it or learning about it until I started watching y'all show. So, you know what I'm saying? But it's, I can understand it. Certain people I wouldn't want to listen to, you know what mm -hmm. I'm saying? I, I I just couldn't vibe with. So to be able to bring that to our culture and talk the talk that we understand, that's big for us. We need that. It's digestible too, like you yeah. said. It's not overwhelming. Yeah, and, and it's it's people that look like us, right? Like how many times do we have people that look like us that are being championed? Like before, like we started the platform, we didn't see it. It was like the aspiration was like, all right, maybe they'll get to the Breakfast Club, but then people will be able to see them. And so we were like, well, everybody can't make it there. So Thanks. let's Thanks. highlight some of the people who are doing amazing things and give right. them a platform to speak. And so now the real estate broker, right? The guy who's trading stocks, he's as popular, right? The, the guy who has a vending machine company, he becomes The 15-year-old who has his own clothing line in Philly, he becomes popular. The guy who's, who has a trucking business or the mobile home. People who are really doing stuff. Doing stuff yeah. that you could actually do, mm -hmm. right? And they're telling you how to do it, which is right. different. Like in there's a whole time. generation where we watch people in our community make it to heights that we never thought possible. They never told us how to do it. We just watched them do it like, ah, I want to be like that. But how? And and also, it gives even celebrities a chance to show a different side of themselves. So it's like Jim John. You see Jim, everybody knows I, hardcore rapper, all of that stuff. But it's like, nah, this dude is really, really smart. Very in the smart. crypto, NFT. So when he sits down with us, that's like his opportunity to talk about all of these different things. Now you start to even look at him in a different light. Like, right. I didn't know you was into all of that. Like, right. you know what I'm yeah, saying? Yeah, 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 yeah. You'd be surprised. I yeah, love I it. So who was Earn Your Leisure for then? You told us what you do. It's for everybody, bro. I feel like anybody that's interested in learning about business or investing, and that's the crazy part about it, where it's like, you know, never thought that it would reach so many different people. And it's from every single person. So we have even our guests. Some people just came out of jail and they are entrepreneurs. Some people went to Harvard. So Earn Your Leisure Big, we're big in colleges, big in Ivy League schools, but you know what else we're really, really big in? The jails. Like mm, the jails that, love us. Like we big in jails. Overseas, we went to Nigeria, huge turnout. That's our number one market outside of America, Nigeria. Um, all throughout the Caribbean, London, Toronto. So I you feel step like step our game up. Like <laughs> <laughs> I feel like it's for everybody, just the whole entire world. And, you know, that's one of the good things about business is that it's so many different avenues of business. Like you got sports, you got music, you got taxes, you got crypto, you got stocks. 
there's so many different things. So even if you're not interested in one particular thing, there's something that you know you might be interested in. Mm-hmm. And there's, there's so many different walks of life, different types of people. So I that, feel like it's for everybody. That, that changes the whole dynamic of a community, right? Like now you can just throw a dart and say, I could do that. Yeah. Wait, this is the guy that does it? I could do that. I could be him. Like it's going to be tough. We always say it all the time. It's going to be tough for me to be you. Like you have a God like gift, right? Mm-hmm. Like you have a gift that mm-hmm. was given to you. Even if I try my hardest, especially me, like if I try my hardest, <laughs> I'm not going to be y'all. Like I, I can't make it to the league, right? So what do I do? Oh, wait, I can do these things, right? Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? And, and you can too. Mm-hmm. That's what he said, is giving people an opportunity. Everybody can. Everybody can. Everybody can be in business. Everybody in this room is in business. You know what I'm saying? Everybody's like, in business in one way or another. They're in it, sure. Right? The, the, and that's the thing what we learned very early was like, there is no age limit to it. So when we were teaching 14-year-olds, it was cool, but their parents needed to know this information too. Correct. Right? And the, like, I think I heard somebody say this the other day, it was like, the only color that matters in business is green. Right? And so like, when we teach people and it, we see them execute on it, it's like, all right, they're making money. That's why they keep coming back to it because it's like, wait, this is different, right? This isn't it isn't a transactional relationship. I always talk about transactional and transformational as two different things, right? I pay you, I go see your game, you entertain me. If I can afford to pay to come back to watch you play, I'm good. If I can't, now what? Like I watch you on TV, you can entertain me. Mm-hmm. If I give you information, that makes it transformational. I give you information, you execute on it, you make money. Whoa, I gotta go back. Mm-hmm. And when I go back, I'm bringing him with me. Right. Like, yo, look, I just make some money listening to you. Yeah. Yo, mm-hmm. yo, come here, sis. Like, yeah, really you. Yeah, <laughs> like, yeah. come here, sis. Like, we made money. And now she, that changes the trajectory of her family. Yep. You see what I'm saying? Now it's like, wait. Domino you for, effect. You forgot about the, the game you used to watch. This is the new game. Right. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Yeah. What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game, King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think you could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. like that, see that? Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because he didn't need it. <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. How do we level the playing field for all entrepreneurs? 55% of white businesses survive the startup phase, while only 4% of black businesses do the same. So I want every black entrepreneur to know about the One Million Black Businesses Initiative. The One Million Black Businesses Initiative is an award-winning program created by Shopify and Operation Hope. They're on a mission to start, grow, and scale 1 million black businesses by 2030, driving wealth creation for the black community. Out of 6 million employer-owned businesses in the U.S., only 2.3% have black ownership. This program gives black entrepreneurs tools and resources to level the playing field, from free business coaching to tailored training and extended free Shopify trial. Shopify's made a 10-year, multi-million dollar commitment to the program, and it's working. The initiative already started, supported, and engaged with over 334,000 black businesses, helping them operate businesses that sell anything from skateboards to coffee beans to apparel. 
Business owners love this program. Simone Harvin, founder of SC Creative Group, says, The 1 million black businesses experience for me was unlike any other program I've been a part of, primarily because it was for us and it was by us. Here at Drink Champs, we are always interacting with our listeners, many being black entrepreneurs. Shopify is one of those platforms that empowers and emboldens entrepreneurship. So chart your own path for business success with the 1 Million Black Businesses Initiative and Shopify. Bring your business to Shopify with an exclusive offer at shopify.com slash B-E-N, all lowercase. Go to shopify.com slash B-E-N. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. When did you guys kind of realize you were making an impact in these communities? You know, so crazy being in L.A. So shout out to Al Harrington. This was early. So yeah. episode 16, we came. This was our first trip that we took. That's when I met y'all, right? No, no, no. no. That's way before, before that. that. Oh, yeah. So episode 16, we came to L.A. to shoot Al Harrington. He was like our first celebrity that we shot also. So being that we was in L.A., we had the idea to just do a networking event, free networking event. And we had never been to L.A. to do an event before. We had never done an event before. So we didn't really know what to expect. Long story short, it was packed. People came from San Diego, O.C., all, and it was in Carson mm-hmm. on a Monday. It was very random. And people, and I'm like, all right. I got people coming from two hours, like, yeah. it's something there. Like, you know what I mean? That was, like, the first thing that really, like, gave us the confidence to be like, all right, this is going to be big. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I, I remember teaching. I was, I was a phys ed teacher. And um, him and my other partner, Mike, you know, they always been entrepreneurs. And um, they, we were putting up posts and putting up episodes. And somebody wrote under the, uh, a post, like, yo, y'all not going to believe this, but I'm in Nigeria right now, and I'm listening to y'all, and it's changing my life. And I'm sitting here trying to teach kids like spatial awareness using hula hoop and I'm looking at my phone like oh this is different like this is different like there's an impact here but there's a greater impact outside of here and I was like okay we got to keep going they were like yo when you gonna quit your job when you gonna quit your job I'm like I can feel it coming it's about to it's about mm. to pause what's one piece of financial advice you would give someone starting their business I would say hey from a financial standpoint make sure you have reserves that kills a lot of businesses as far as like you start a business, you don't Explain really have- Explain what that means. All right, so- Reserves. Money that's saved up. So if you start a business, right, and you don't have any money, what happens is that usually in business, you don't make money at least for like the first couple of years on average, right? Some businesses, you know, are different, but you don't make money for the first couple of years. So now if you start a business and you don't have any income coming in or the money that you have coming in, you got you to gotta put it back out to reinvest in the business- now it puts you in a tremendous financial hardship. So you got to, you know, try to borrow money from friends or you deplete your retirement savings, stuff like that. And that's why a lot of small businesses fail. Our problem in our community is that there's no mentorship. It's not that there's a lack of entrepreneurship because you see a lot of entrepreneurs, but how many mom and pop businesses you see start and then three months later it closes. It's a, it's a cycle. Reason being is that A, there's no mentorship, lack of funding, and the not having a business plan in place. Mm -hmm, So having a plan in place and understanding that, all right, this is going to take some time. So I'm going to have money saved up or you can not actually leave your job yet. Like you can still work your job knowing that, you know, 
if this isn't going to work out for me right away, I still have some income that's coming in, right? I can't just rely just on being an entrepreneur because there's ups and downs in entrepreneurship. You might make 10000 one month and you might not make any money for four months. And that's something that I learned early on, you know, working the, the job that I did, it was commission-based. So I learned early on about, you know, how to budget your money, how not to, it's like sports. Like you never get too high, you never get too low. Even Q. Exactly. It's ups and downs in this game. So it's like one minute you bowling, the next minute <laughs> you're down to your last dollar. But that's just real. That's just how entrepreneurship works, right? But it's like in order to, to, to know, try to avoid that, you want to have a strategy. You want to try to have as much money saved as possible. You always want to reinvest in the business. That's something that we did early on. Like, for like the first 18 months, we any money that came in, we just reinvested it because we knew that, you know, by taking money prema- prematurely, it's going to stifle the growth of the business. Yeah. So that's another thing, too. Don't try to just ball out. A business isn't to ball out. A business is to grow. Mm-hmm. Yeah, so, I mean, that's a, that's a couple of tips, yeah, I think. It's great. Like, he was on the entrepreneurial side. I was a guy that was working a nine-to-five. And so I always tell people, like, yeah, you can have your 9 to 5, but what you do from 6 to 12 will determine mm-hmm. how long you have the 9 to 5. And so, like, when we were doing this, I was teaching, but, like, on my lunch break, I'm reading. I'm looking at episodes. I'm teaching myself. I'm learning. I'm shooting ads. We, man, we was doing Anchor. I'd be in the bathroom, like, yo, everybody <laughs> quiet out there, like, shooting an ad. Like, whatever free time I had, I was spending on doing this because I'm like, all right, this will take me out of this 9 to 5. And so, like, again, you don't have to quit your 9 to 5 to start a business. Wait till you've actually accumulated money inside that business. Like you said, we stayed down until we came up. 18 months, probably a little bit longer, we didn't take anything until we said, you're all right, we, we, we're at a point where we can actually have a distribution from what we, we've generated in the film. So stay down until you come up, number mm-hmm. one. Okay. Talk about EYL University and how that came about from the podcast. From the podcast. Yeah, so... EYL University was something that, all right, we realized that there was millions of people that was checking out our content, right? And it's like, all right, how do we give a more in-depth experience? So we kind of look at it as like public school and private school. So the public school is Instagram, YouTube, Spotify, Apple, that's free. It's free mm-hmm. information. Anybody can learn all day. We put out content like all day. Some people need more of a hands-on experience. So we decided to actually create an online institution where it's like at this point almost daily daily classes. Mm-hmm. So it's everything about like how to trade stocks, how to buy real estate, how to credit, business credit, all that stuff. Cannabis. And yeah, for sure. <laughs> so we have teachers that actually teach, right? And it's built out, out of a school model. Because the thing about school is that the structure of school isn't bad. It's the way, it's what they're teaching us that's bad. But this, there's actually some good benefits in school as far as the structure of it. So we took the structure of school as far as like we created infinity clubs inside. The, so there's 20 different infinity clubs. There's like a military club, uh, earnings over 50 club, like you said, a cannabis club. These are things people like to do things in groups, mm-hmm. right? So we have a book club, a movie club. These are all things that actually are built after the school model, mm-hmm. right? So we said, okay, we have an opportunity to completely change education. Because it's not that education is bad. Like I said, it's just what they're teaching us right. is bad. So it's like, all right, if we can actually build like an online institution where people are actually learning, not theory, but people that's actually really, really doing it, right? Mm-hmm. And then they can come together in a community and then they can work with each other. How can we do this and scale it? So that's where EYL University came into play. And it's like at a fraction at the cost. So as opposed to paying $50,000 and going into debt a semester, you could pay $1,000 for the entire year. Yeah. So that was something that we thought, and we started that two years ago, and now it's like 12,000 members in yep. mm-hmm. EYL University. Mm-hmm. And it, it was another way to expand the podcast in itself, the show. I know Dame said stop calling the podcast. 
So the show, it yeah, was it's like definitely bigger than that. Bigger than that, yeah. yeah. So imagine if Stephen Jackson and Matt Barnes did an episode on Earn Your Leisure, and then three weeks later you had some questions about the episode, and now they're teaching the class mm. about how to start a podcast. Yeah, start us up. Sign, don't play games. Yeah, with yeah, that. yeah, yeah, yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and like now I'm I'm a, a earn your leisure. I'm an earner, and now I get to ask you the question that I had after watching that episode. We never saw anything like that. Like right. you see somebody do some an interview. Carry over. Yeah, it was like all right, well. Here, here they are right in front of you. You can mm-hmm. ask questions ask and want. you can hear them actually go into more detail because the show is about an hour, hour, 10 minutes for the most part, but they have more information to give. So they have that now open forum for our, our earners to actually hear in-depth conversation and then ask questions from it too. I love it. Yeah. Because you're teaching shit you can apply to yeah, real life. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 In real it time. Yeah. Four years of business school or... A crash Six course weeks in what we got. Right. Yeah, it's like one thing that we learned early on, shout out to my man Derek Falcon, Hey, people talk about multiple streams of income, right? And they say the average millionaire has like seven streams of income. So that discourages the average person because they're looking at it like, I got to get seven jobs. Right. Or I got to start seven businesses. No, not really. You got to develop seven streams of income from one tree. Mm-hmm. So it's like, I right, if, you, if you are a restaurant owner, now you should have a cookbook. You could do online tutorials. You could sell merch. You could do Uber Eats. You could cater events. And your rest, so now that's like seven different streams, but it's still under the umbrella of one restaurant. Yeah. So we took that same approach as far as like, you know, with our touring, with the merch, with the EYL University, with so many different things that we had Patreon where it was like, all right, this is the original mothership as far as the content. Yeah. And it's all based around education. But now we can branch out and to do different things. Now it's different businesses too. And now it's like, so we employ probably 15 people, right? So it's like each business has different people that now they're being employed. So now it's actually creating opportunities. So we talk about group economics. That's another play on it as well, where it's like, all right, we started a trucking business. We got a, like 18-wheeler truck. So we don't have time to run the trucking business. So now we got to have somebody that you actually... That one truck? Yeah, yeah one uh, truck right now. My brother trying to... I've been, what'd I tell you in Atlanta like last year? That's like last year. trucking business. Yeah, bro. that's why a truck is. Yeah, based in Atlanta, <laughs> yeah. it goes all over, though. It goes over, yeah. 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 But we heard that on the episode, so that's what I'm saying. We hear the information mm-hmm. that we get to execute on it. Right. Now we start a trucking business. Now we get to employ people that we know Fact. to run the business. Fact. Do the same thing with vending machines. We went back, hired somebody that has grown up with us, and now he's in charge of the vending machine business inside our old high school. Mm. Now we give back to the high school it. with the profits that we make for the machine. Mm-hmm. And so, like, we get the information, and now we execute on it. So it's like people are watching it. They're learning the information. And they're like, oh, I could do it. And then they're seeing us actually doing do it. it. Like, yeah. I'm doing it. That's another thing, too. It's happening in real time. So yeah. it's like they see, they're actually seeing our growth. Yeah. Like they see, a lot of people have been with us in the beginning. So they saw us at the dining room table. Now they see us going to Egypt, doing a podcast in the now, on it's the Nile River. Like, you know what I'm saying? So it's like, nah, but it's, but it's also <laughs> inspiring because yeah. it's like, all right, we had a trucking episode. Now they see we got a truck. We did a vending machine episode. Now they see we got vending machines. They see, yeah, real estate. Now they see we buy homes in Cleveland. And now they see like, okay, Merch. We started off with T-shirts. Now we got a whole clothing line. Like you know what I'm saying. Clean you wearing right there. Thank man. you. I Dope. appreciate it. Mm-hmm. Shout out to my man Mike V. So mm-hmm. it's like you know showing and actually implement at the same time. So it's like okay, they're not just talking about it. They actually doing, doing it. it. Yeah, we gonna come take like a dummy crash course this summer. I'm speaking for him too. We just gonna come stay with y'all like for a week. Nah, come on, let's do it. Yeah. Let's do it. We'll come here. Yeah, <laughs> let's do it. Whatever. Yeah, you just make me want to be smarter. So. <laughs> We definitely got to make so that happen. It's cool. Now yeah, it's cool. Right. Somebody's like, Yo, you know what, what makes y'all dope, man? Y'all make it cool to be smart. Right, come on, man. Yeah. I'm like, yeah. And you're talking my shit like I'm you know the one. Like I'm, I, I try to learn as much as I can. You know what I mean? So I just love people that are 
I always try to surround myself with people that are smarter than me. You mean to be able to take that next step, so. You guys have a second podcast and TV show, Market Mondays, <laughs> and Assets Over Liabilities on Revolt. Yeah. I mean, keep, keep dropping game, man. I, I really feel like I want to take notes. No bullshit, because I had a meeting here earlier, and I just want to sit here and take notes, but I'm going to watch it later and take notes. I, I feel like we learn a lot from music. Like, he's huge, huge music fans. Like, yeah. still all huge music fans. So I'm like, all right, you know, being that we had a success at Earn Your Legion, it took off. I'm like, all right, it's cool to have, you know, one successful show, but how do we really scale it? And it's like, we scale it by start producing content for other people. So I put it on Instagram, like, you know, I want to start producing content for other people. And then we just did a stock show with Ian Dunlap. Shout out to Ian. He's a massive investor on Instagram. And he put on the comments, like, I'm, I'm interested. I want, to, I want to do a show. Mm. So we collaborated and we came up with the idea of Market Mondays. Market Mondays is crazy because it came out, like, at the, when the stock market was crashing, at the beginning of Corona, the stock market crashed. So... You probably wouldn't think it would be a good idea to put out a stock show, but we put it out and it was a, it's a live show on YouTube. So it's a live experience every Monday at eight o'clock and it just becomes a cultural phenomenon. So like last week we had 10,000 people on live. Wow. Like this is crazy. Like yesterday we had 9,000 people on same time as the national championship game. Mm. We competing with Monday Night Football every Yeah. Every so it's like, yo, who would have thought that people were talking about stocks for two hours on Monday night at eight o'clock? Monday Night Football, everything we competing with, 10,000 people watching at one time. Like, yeah. that's crazy. So it's just become something that's just been really doping. Like I said, shout out to Ian because he has really been a, a, a real gem as far as, like, helping people and giving them stock advice, stock tips. And the best thing is when people actually make money. Yeah, it is. That's the best form of marketing because it's like right, you tell somebody, like, this might be something that could actually potentially do something for you. They invest in it. They up 80%. Word of mouth, like it's no, you don't even gotta run ads or nothing. <laughs> I'm tuning yeah. in. I'm yeah. tuning in. What's the best promotion? Yeah, people they walk up to us and they're like, "Yo, I I, I got this amount of money in my account. I've never seen this money. Like if this dude showed me, I have forty thousand in my portfolio. I'm from the street, bro. I never seen this, and it was clean. Like I, I was watching my bet. Like, yo, is this real? <laughs> At first, it's like, yo, is this real? Yeah, then I, real another shit. dude, we was on, we was uh, actually Thanksgiving. We was uh, doing a Thanksgiving give back in uh, Dykeman, uh in the in the city. And um, this dude was like, yo, look, my portfolio, 125000 I'm like, the fact that he even felt comfortable showing it to me right. yeah. was one thing, but the fact that he did it and executed it was like another thing. That's, that's what I said. Like, that's that trans transformational relationship. You made money, now you come back, and now you got to tell people. Because that, that amount of money can change uh, somebody's entire on, situation Thanks. in life. Right? And then they, then they get the skill. Once they have the skill, now it's just a countdown, right? Now it's not like, yo, I got to wait till 65 to retire. Now it's like, how much money do I need to stop working right now? Mm -hmm. and that's, that's a shift too. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? And the crazy thing is like, so many street dudes come up to me all the time and they're like, yo, am I in the right stocks? <laughs> <laughs> yo, they don't want to talk about bulls. Yo, it's right. an amazing yeah. phenomenon, yeah. man. Like they, I don't know why, but like, they love stocks okay, more stock, than anybody. Yo, yo, they be like, yeah. yo, I just did Tesla. Uh, I'm like, all right, bro. Like, yeah. so it's so crazy that that show was like really helped a lot of people. And then, so after that show became so successful, we're like, all right, we need to expand it. So now we started, we started the EYO network. So the network now we have five shows. We have a real estate show. We have a mental health show. We have another financial literacy show. I look at like Bill Simmons in the ringer, mm -hmm. right? Like it's like gonna quietly, that was the idea. he, he got 200 million quietly. Like, nobody even knows about that, right? And then I'm looking at it like, all right, it's one thing to be. They try to keep us, when I say us, like black creatives, as one-offs. 
Because as long as you get one-offs, you're not really getting no money. Like, you right. get one million, two million. Even if you get 10 million, all right, cool. But it's like, it's, I compare it to like an artist. Like, Lil Wayne is a big artist, but Cash Money got the $120 million, yeah. right? Because they have a whole label. Mm -hmm. You only see the labels getting that kind of money. So I'm like, all right, now, if we create a label, now, once we get the 100, 200 million, now every show gets their part. And now we go a lot further together as opposed to individuals. So even like working with iHeart, that was one of the strategic moves on our behalf. It was like, all right, Charlamagne, he's a good dude. We rock with him. So let's take Earn Your Leisure to iHeart for two years. And now we, we get to leverage the relationship with them. We get to learn, though. Mm -hmm. That's the most important thing. Yeah. Even I, We get to the revolt situation, too. But anything that we do with corporate yeah. is usually A, to elevate our brand, but more importantly, to learn. We like spies inside the building. Mm -hmm. So like that's what Dame told us as well. Like Learn the people that are selling the ads. Develop relationships with them, right? Because it's like, A, you might be able to hire them, or at the very least, you know the language that they're speaking, so now mm -hmm. you can get your own ad team. When you're in a corporation, whether it's a record label or anything, the most important thing is to learn because they've built a billion dollar business already. So they know something that we don't know. Yeah. So it's education, it's real time education. So that's one of the things. So like even like the contracts is like, all right, this is their contract? All right, cool. Yeah. <laughs> this is our contract. Yo, like, you know like, that was one of the, the, the best things Charlamagne said. Shout out to him. He was like, yo, use us. I want you to use us. And I was like, all right, bet. And so like when we had to drop contracts for our shows, all right, let's look what I did. All right, this is how they drove their contract. All right, now we go to our shows. When they have meetings, our bi-weekly, I don't know if we, got, we got the bi-weekly meetings, I listen how they ask questions. I see the type of advice. I see how they try to do analytics. All right, so now when I have my bi-weekly meeting with EYL Network, I'm just mm. repeating. I don't have to, like, reinvent it. That's one of the things he said early. It was like, in school, you were taught not to copy, right? But in business, you should be copying because it's already working. Mm -hmm. You don't have to reinvent the wheel. You can tweak it to have like right. some changes for you, but you don't have to reinvent it. And so if they have something that's successful, let me use that. All right, we're going to tweak a little bit. We got this. They didn't do this, so I need mm -hmm. to do it. But we don't have to reinvent anything, right? We're just learning. Every relationship we're learning. So any corporate relationship comes in, all right, here's the notes. Bet this is what we learned from it. It's the same thing we did with the episodes. Here, tell me what's your business. All right, bet. Yo, we should do this. Let's go, let's go do this. Yeah, I told you I want to be taking notes. I'm like, I keep whispering this motherfucker over here, <laughs> but I'm with it. Uh, assets over liability, I think that's very relatable to our culture. Yeah. You know what I mean? Because everyone wants the jewelry, the cars, the houses without owning anything that really makes sense. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It, it's so crazy because, you know, we so merch was something that we we thought we had to do early on to, like, expand the brand. So I was thinking about different stuff, and I'm like, all right, what really sums up Earn Your Legion? A few words. Assets. Oh, I didn't know that it was a really big accounting term. I didn't even know that at the time. But I'm like, assets over liabilities. And I'm playing around with it. And then I'm like, assets and then liabilities under and then a line. So you get the point. Assets over liability. And that just became like a cultural phenomenon. Everybody, some Rick Ross to this day calls us assets yeah. over liability. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> He's like, yo, assets <laughs> over liability. <laughs> <laughs> That's funny. Oh, I love y'all niggas. Y'all I'll tell you, you guys have had some big names. Ross, Soldier Boy, T.I. that have crossed over in the space and are in the business space yeah, too. Yeah. So who better to learn and give advice to? Exactly. And that's another thing too. The podcast, and I'm sure you guys know this, it's a great networking tool. So it's like a lot like T.I. is so crazy. He's one of my favorite rappers of all time growing up. Mm -hmm. So we only established a relationship with him through the show as so liabilities. Then once he came on the show, he was like, oh yeah, 
yeah, cool like dudes. Now it's like every single week, yeah. he's just calling like, yo, what's up? What's yeah, going on? Weekly calls with Tip. What's up this metaverse? How do I get involved? Da, 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 like, you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. So it's like, it's a great networking tool to actually build relationships with people. And that's another that's another um, gem for anybody that's out there looking to create a content or yeah. create podcasts. If you actually want to establish a relationship with somebody, probably the best way to do that is to interview them. Because mm-hmm. people love to talk about themselves. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. But then that's a door opener. And now you got their number and you can just talk to them forever. Yeah, and, they, and a lot of times they never get to talk about this. Anytime Ross come on, on traditional platforms, they want to hear about the music he's putting out. Now, we want to talk about all of this. <laughs> we want to talk about the promised land and what you, the idea is like nobody's having those conversations. So it was like, all right, bet this becomes more important because, like I said, most people are not going to be able to, to rhyme like Rick Ross or even T.I. Right. But they can have businesses, they can have real estate like him. So, like, how did you do that? They can own a wing stop like him. They can own a few wing stops yeah. like him. Right. You see yeah. what I'm saying? Or they could have a trap music museum. Right. The idea or the concept for it. So, let's talk about that. Let's get to the, the real estate players behind that because, yeah, that's obtainable. Right. That's a God-given gift you have. Mm-hmm. And it's just, so it's like Jim, Jim Jones. So, Jim Jones comes on our podcast, right? And then we have him back on the, on the market Mondays to talk about crypto. Then we invite him. We had a festival in Atlanta called Invest Fest. He actually invited himself. So he comes to talk <laughs> about crypto. Yeah, definitely then, did. <laughs> then we had a show at the Apollo. So, that was, so we, we paid him to perform at the Apollo. He has a podcast. So now he invites us on his podcast. His manager just hit me. They got an opportunity in DR. They want us to come out. The, exactly. Yeah, so yeah. that's like a lot of times people... They want to network with somebody from a selfish standpoint. It's like, what can you do for me? Yep. That's not really networking, that's charity. And it's only so much charity that you can do. But when you can actually give an opportunity yeah, to somebody, when you can, now yeah. it's the law of reciprocity, they're going to actually look out for you because you've done something for them. Now that's a real relationship. That's great. One yeah, hand washed the other. Even this, like we emailed, I think, Gina in July. Because we were like, yo, we, we want to get those guys mm-hmm. to come to InvestFest. When the opportunity came, she was like, wait, I got these guys. I'm thinking of earning your leisure. I still have the email. She emailed us like, hey, you guys want to come to Cali? I'm like, yeah, we coming to Cali. Oh, yeah, that was from that, that, <laughs> that, was, from that, that email thread, right? That was from the email from trying to get y'all to come Yeah, we were trying to get y'all to come to InvestFest. Oh, okay, and she remembered the schedule, the schedule. Yeah. like, yo, yeah. schedule, but she Shout remembered Shout out Gina, us. she's the shit. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> she remembered shit. us, and that led to this. Right. You see what I'm saying? Just the power of relationships. Yeah, no, because I, I saw you at another and then, yeah, we ran event. I was like, man, I fuck with you guys for real. Like my homeboy, Ray Young. Who should have been here, but he's battling. Ray, from UCLA? He's, yeah, he's oh, battling yeah, that thing. Yeah, he's battling that that virus. Oh, shout out to him. He's like, yo, you got to check these dudes he's out. He's number one player in, in the country at one point. Ray was nice. They called him NBA Ray. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah shout out Ray. <laughs> Anything you guys can share with us that you're work? I mean, you've already told us a lot of shit you're doing. Anything you're working on big that you can share? Yeah, for sure. I feel like this year is going to be, God willing, COVID is so up and Crazy, down. Right? But hopefully we can get back to doing more live events. Mm-hmm. So that's something that's real big for us. So like InvestFest was the idea that we had where it was like, all right, we look at Coachella, we look at Made in America, and there's, there's a bunch of different music festivals. Mm-hmm. But we, there was no financial literacy festival. Mm-hmm. So it was like, all right, what if we combine all of the aspects that we already love, which is culture, music, fashion, sports, all of that stuff, and make a festival. And then I look at like Essence Fest. I went to Essence Fest one year in New Orleans, and I, oh, I loved how they had like the, all the vendors and all of that. So last year, we decided to do Invest Fest. So we had 200 small business vendors, mm-hmm. and then we had two days of just panel discussions, everything from crypto to real estate to all of that stuff. Then we had musical performances. So we had like Fab perform. We had Jagged Edge. We had Neo. So it was like the first time where... 
it was actually a vibe. Mm-hmm. Like, you know what I'm saying? It's mm-hmm. business. A business vibe. Yeah, the food trucks food outside. Trucks. So that, was, that was key. It was like, look, we want to support black businesses. Let's have some food trucks come and post up outside, and now we don't have to go anywhere at a convention center. Now we got business being generated. That's really group yeah. economics, yeah. right? Yeah. So I say that to say, scaling that, hopefully two times bigger yep. this year. So we're getting ready for that. When you lock in dates, let us know. We're coming out for sure. All right. Yeah. We got it. Yeah. August. August 5th, 6th, and 7th. I'm going to let you know, though. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Uh, That's where you I live in there. Yeah. Oh, yeah? Yep. Yeah, we're in Atlanta all the time. Yes, sir. So that, um, the podcast network, probably look to add like two more shows to that. So we're working with UTA now. Shout out to UTA. So, you know, Ooh. definitely want to get more into yeah. TV, Hollywood, stuff like that, you know? So, you know, probably work on a book. Yeah. That, that'll probably happen. Producing content. Yeah. Not just on, on the audio side, but on the visual side as well. Because that's, again, something that we have to teach ourselves. Like, when I walked in, I said, what cameras are y'all using? Because I want to know what y'all mm-hmm. use. Like, I want to see. Like, okay, that's the lens. All right, what we mm-hmm. should. That's the lighting they use. Okay. Again, I'm walking in. I'm learning. I'm observing. So that international traveling, um, like we said, we went to Nigeria. Well, first, I just, we went to Jamaica. So my whole family's Jamaican. So that was huge. Uh, we went to Lagos, Nigeria. Um, Egypt. And we plan on going back. Lagos, Nigeria, for a huge episode. We went to uh, Cairo, Egypt, Luxor, Egypt. We plan on going to London in the very near future. Just because a lot of times you hear people and you watch people, but you never actually get to see them mm-hmm. in person. Right. And so we don't see anybody doing that. And I said, like if, like you said, a lot of times people will follow the things that we're doing. And so my thing is, like, if they're going to follow something, let's follow this. Let's go international. Let your presence be known. Let your mm. presence be seen yeah. and felt in places that nobody's going. Like, how mm-hmm. many people are going to yeah. Lagos? And it's and it's untapped. Yeah. Like, uh, you got to realize, this. Yeah. I think there's like 60 or 40 million black people in America, but there's 200 million black mm. people in Nigeria. So when we go to Nigeria, they loving the content, even though it's not really directly related to what they have because they don't have anything. So now mm-hmm. when we go out there, it's like, we speaking to a whole country, Man. like 200 million people. Powerful. Like you know what I'm saying? And it's and it's the barriers of meeting people are are different. Like we meet, we interviewed David O, who his father's a billionaire, right? And his uncle actually happens to be the richest black person in the world. Eliko Dangote's worth 14 billion dollars. So I ain't know. I didn't know his family. Was, you know what I mean? Yeah, oh, yeah that's yeah. crazy. I'm from Atlanta. Yeah, yeah. yeah. Born in Atlanta, but yeah, no. yeah. His father's a billionaire, bro. Yeah. So it's like, and then he's like, we in an interview. He's like, oh, you want to meet my uncle? I introduce you. He's just he's not in the country right now, but you, y'all come back. I can introduce y'all. Just, I but, think about that. My first financial literacy lesson was about his uncle. And I'm like, wait, what, you said we can meet him? He's like, yeah, I have the plane sent for you. I'm like. Mm. What? (laughs) This is different, man. Ten years prior to that moment, I had wrote a lesson about him. It was based on, like, a lot of the people we see on this wall was like, here are entertainers and athletes. And, like, that was one side of the paper. And the kids had to guess the names, and they knew everybody. And then I flipped the paper on the other side, and it was the wealthiest black people on the planet. Mm. And they knew none. None of them. Because they didn't have nothing to do with entertainment. Like, Dan Gody comes from sugar. He comes from cement. Right, he comes like agricultural things. Right, even David's pops comes from steel and power plants. Like these are actual businesses that they're running and have become billionaires. No clue. Right now, if I put his picture up, half the room wouldn't know who he looked like. What he looked like, wealthiest black man on the planet, though. You see what I'm saying? Like this is financial literacy. Mm. (laughs) 
What's up? I'm John Wall. And I'm CJ Toledano, and we're starting a new podcast presented by DraftKings called Point Game. We're now joined by three-time NBA Sixth Man of the Year, elite bucket getter. Let's please welcome Jamal Crawford to Point Game. King of the Court one-on-one tournament. If they had it back in your prime, do you think he could have took it all? I'm going to be honest with you. I don't think I could have took it all, but I think I would have shocked a lot of people. I think Kobe and everybody in their prime, Kobe would win a one-on-one contest. Yeah, I, yeah, because you got to think, Love he's going to guard. He don't care about guarding. He's going to guard. He's going to exactly. guard. Like, you see him in the Olympics, exactly. he's going to guard. And then on I'm top of that. Like that, see that. Ladies and gentlemen, please welcome Sam Cassell to Point Game. I remember you came out from crying tears. <laughs> crying tears. I mean, he was in a culture shock. He's, he's going to withdraw us about winning. Remember what I told you? I said, I said, OG, you think I can get paid and go back and play in college because it ain't it? <laughs> Check out Point Game with John Wall and CJ Toledano on the iHeartRadio app, DraftKings YouTube, or wherever you get your podcasts. Take your business further with the smart and flexible American Express Business Gold Card. It's packed with benefits to help unlock more value from your business purchases. That's the powerful backing of American Express. Learn more at americanexpress.com slash businessgoldcard. AT&T connects an ode to podcasts. Connect the alarm. Change the podcast you stream. Connect the snooze. 10 more minutes to dream. Connect the shower. Lather up with the news. Sports talk, comedians, or movie reviews. Connect with that three-hour philosophy show. Change the drive into work. In traffic, so slow. Connect the dishes to voices that glow. Thank you to the geniuses of spoken audio. Connect the stories. Change your perspective. Connecting changes everything. AT&T. Can y'all have finally, my question, <laughs> explain crypto and the boom of crypto? Um, yeah, crypto, you know, crypto is something that we, we've been invested in since like... I've been waiting. I'm tomorrow, I've been sitting over here just like, okay, when can we get to the <laughs> Yeah, yeah, we, we first got in crypto in 2017. Yeah. To see its growth since then to now is, is amazing. You know, big, I'll start with Bitcoin because that's the most popular one. That's what people know the most. The word cryptocurrency, the currency part's a little misleading, I think. And that's what those people off. Because it's not really currency as we know it. Because currency is like, all right, I have a dollar. I'm going to give you a dollar. Tomorrow it's still going to be worth a dollar, right? Yeah. I can't give you a dollar and then tomorrow it's worth a dollar fifty or fifty cents. I can't get my hair cut like that. Like, you know what right. I'm saying? Like, it's not, so they have like what's called stable coins, but we'll talk about that later on if you want. But Bitcoin is more of a store of value. It's more like, Digital gold. Digital gold yeah. mm-hmm. Like you know what I'm saying? Where it's like people are hoarding Bitcoin because they think that the value is going to go up because the value has gone up, right? So now it's a thing where it's like, all right, inflation is at an all-time high. So being that inflation is so high, physical currency actually gets devalued, right? So it's like the more money that we print, the weaker the dollar gets. Right, like right. they said last year, 30% of all currency that was ever created was created last year. Yeah. Mm. So the, the federal government is putting so much money in the market that is devaluing the currency all over the world, though. So now it's like, all right, Bitcoin is an opportunity to actually, because there's a limited amount, right? So it's like anything, it's, it's supply and demand. So there's only what, like 18 million yeah. eventually so going to yeah, be? It's called a circulating supply. So only this amount will be in existence. So I think it's like 18.9 million or something. Yeah, yeah. So, so now it's create scarcity. 
So which has made the price go up over the course of time. And then there's a lot of other values as well as far as, you know, being able to transfer it and all over the world, the speed, things of that nature. But now what's happened is that from Bitcoin, there's like thousands of different cryptocurrencies, right? So you have like Ethereum and they all move on a blockchain. So like there's records of everything. They move a lot quicker because we were saying a couple of years ago, it was like the quickest way, what's the fastest way to get a million dollars from New York to London. If I had to ask you right now, like, what was to be the fastest way to get a million dollars from New York to London? Take it on a plane with you? Exactly. That's, That's crazy. Yeah. He's the only one who ever got that right. That's yeah. crazy if you think about it. We're in 2022. But then they won't let you take it on the plane right. with you. Like, you yeah, know what I'm saying? Yeah. Like, if you wire it, it's going to take like a day, at least a day, probably a couple of days, right? Friday, two, two, three days. Can't get it to Monday. Exactly. <laughs> exactly. Depending on the bank, it'd be seven to 10. Right. Exactly. So now it's like you got, you know, you do it with XRP or one of these these coins that's made for that, and you can do it within minutes. Mm -hmm. So the cryptocurrency space is something that I think is going to just continue to, to go. And now it's being tied in with so many other different things. So now you got the metaverse, right? Now you've got NFTs, and it's creating a whole ecosystem where it's like, all right, NFTs is being built on blockchains, and most of them are being built on Ethereum or Solana, which is another cryptocurrency. Mm -hmm. You have to buy NFTs with cryptocurrency, right? And I think that that's how it's going to be in the metaverse also, where it's like, all right, if you want to buy something in the metaverse, you're probably going to have to buy it with... Like, even if you buy real estate now in the metaverse, we're looking at real estate in the metaverse. You buy real estate in the metaverse, you have to buy it with cryptocurrency. So it's, it's all... Coin. Doge, yeah, 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 yeah. But you've yeah. been trained already. No, right. I haven't. Here's why. Here's why you have. You got kids? Yeah. They pay Roblox? Yeah. You've been trained? For the metaverse. For the metaverse. Oh, yeah, right. yeah. Because when your kids ask you for money, it's mm -hmm. 99 cents, right? Oh, yeah, they, were tearing, my, they were tearing my card up for exactly. a minute. Roblox, so Robux. So you already me. been trained, yeah. right? No, so I know, Ro yeah. Roblox is the game, but Robux is the currency, Yeah. Uh -huh. right? And so they like, yo, dad, can I get 499? Robux, yeah. Can I get 999? Mm -hmm. And what do they do? They change it. Once you buy it, it's 80 Robux, yep. right? I know, because yep. my card get run up too. Mm -hmm. So you've already been trained. So like, your kids are already living in the metaverse. But you, right. but you know how else they was trained already? That's crazy. Before. Through Hollywood. Yeah, that's, that's why it's so crazy. Like, I, you know, I watched The Matrix and everybody's disappointed with The Matrix, but you got to under understand The Matrix, the new Matrix, that was already done 15 years ago. They're just saying, like, they're showing us that, like, this is all a video game. Metaverse. So that was the idea 15 years ago. So that now it's like, it's just bringing it full circle where it's like now people are actually talking about the metaverse. Anything that's actually being talked about was already thought about. So that's why it's like when you see these movies about going to Mars, it's fantasy, it's sci-fi until Elon Musk decides he wants to colonize Mars. Yeah, right. Like, the, like Don't Look Up. Y'all seen that movie? Mm-hmm. It's, that a, it's a comedy. It's a comedy. Is it based off a true story too? So that's the part. I'm like, yo, is this real? I'm but confused. I'm like, yo... Somebody's having Aspects, this vision. Right. We, like, we've been, we grew up on video games, right? Y'all probably played mm -hmm. Grand Theft Auto. What's the mm -hmm. difference? You were able to do things in real time, right? You got mm -hmm. a car, you drove. You, go you find you something. Find you something. You go yeah. to the strip club yeah. if you want. Find you, you know something. I'm saying? Go on a mission if you want. Yeah. Go to the beach if you want. All those things. You've been trained. Mm. So now when it's coming and now there's actually corporations inside of it. So now when Gucci says we're putting our clothes inside of Robux, your kid's like, your dad, I need to, it's, it's only $4.99. I got to get that sweater. Because my avatar needs to look better than his. Yeah. You're going to do it. You're and like, I want to get my homegirl one, too. Yeah, exactly. Mm. We got to be fresh. <laughs> we about to go to this party that they have in the, in the world that they that built. That Snoop's thing. That Snoop's coming. Yep. Yeah. yeah. But that's that's real estate, right? right? So now somebody sees Snoop put a land in there, and they're like, what? If Snoop got land, I need to be next to they him. They said someone pay like on my 450000 
Yeah. Because be the they figure in the people are going to come to his It's going to be spot. popping at the right. crib. They're going to see my crib right next to it. By default, they all can't fit in there. They're going to come in my house. And they're going to, and when they come, they're going to see that I got stuff to too. do. I got like an art gallery. Wait till they see my shit. <laughs> that's what he was thinking. That's a fact. I, that's what you. That's what I'm saying. Like yeah. that should be the thought. Like, yo, yeah. he's there. Where, right. Where we gonna be? Yeah. Well, I didn't know nothing about. it. I asked our team like three weeks ago when could we do a show in the metaverse. I was just talking, but like, that's where it's at. This could be happening right now. Right. You see what I'm saying? Yeah. And then instead of having 20 people in here, it could be 10,000. Talk <laughs> about uh, NFTs. I I just don't understand why people want to get. Like a monkey with a hat on. I just don't part. <laughs> I think, shout out to my bro, 19 Keys. He actually... Yeah, I just started following him. Smart think, dude. Is he here? He might be here. No, no, no. Oh, but right. yeah, he um he gave the best explanation of, of NFTs that I've heard in a while. So I want to reference what he said. And he said, it's like, all right, NFT is not fungible token, right? Mm-hmm. So it's like, fungibility is something that you can be you can duplicate. It's not unique. So like a dollar bill is fungible. There's mm-hmm. nothing special about it, right? It's like outside of the serial code, but you don't care. Like if I give you a dollar and I rip it up and then he gives you a dollar, you're not going to be tripping. It's still a dollar, right? Mm-hmm. But if it's a dollar and it's signed by Muhammad Ali, mm-hmm. I rip it up and he gives you a dollar, that's not a difference. Same, yeah. It's not the same, right? Because mm-hmm. now it becomes nice non-fungible. So now it's like if you take a picture of that and you put it on the blockchain, right? And now you own that, but it's in a digital on a digital wallet. So now you can verify like this is 100% authentic. This is Muhammad Ali's signature. Mm-hmm. Why? Because it has this address. The blockchain is perfect. It doesn't have any, you know, corruption in it as of right now. Mm-hmm. So now it's like, okay, this is something that is unique. And now what they're doing is like, all right, you talk about the art, right? Where it's like, you see these board apes selling for like $400,000. Mm-hmm. So it's like, all right. The number one question is like, all right, if I buy a board ape outside of putting it on my avatar on Instagram, where am I going to show this? Samsung just announced they're coming out with the NFT TV. So now you're going to actually be able to display, buy NFTs. So now it's like, it's no difference when you go to somebody's house and they got a wall hall or they got, you know, a, a dope painting that costs so much money. Now, yep. So now you can have a TV showing the, the NFT, and it's like that. But then there's other uses of it, like Nas. Shout out to him. He just did something that was really dope, where he he has an NFT, but the owners of the NFT get royalty rights to two of his songs. Mm. And like Meek Mill's putting out a mixtape, wow. and it's going to be an NFT, but you got to have Ethereum to buy it. Yep. Mm-hmm. So there's I think so many Nick's doing something like that too. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. So there's so many different use, use cases for the NFT space. I think a lot of NFT projects are still going to probably fail, and there's still a lot that's like just nonsense. Mm-hmm. But that's any new emerging. Mm-hmm. Industry, right? It's like cryptocurrency. When cryptocurrency, like a couple of years ago, a lot of the coins fell apart, but that doesn't mean that cryptocurrency isn't legitimate. Right, right. It's just that whenever something hot, everybody just wants to rush to it. Mm-hmm. And whenever somebody, everything, everybody rush to it, then they're going to be just doing a bunch of nonsense and stuff that doesn't make any sense. But in between the stuff that doesn't make any sense, it's just stupid, idiotic nonsense. There are actually legitimate yeah. use cases like Nike. Counterfeit shoes is huge, right? Like so now Nike is saying that they're gonna put they're gonna attach NFTs to every single shoe. So now you can verify Definitely. that your shoe is one hundred percent authentic. Mm-hmm. It's not a knockoff. Yeah, and, and y'all people who have social equity, right? Like so y'all would be a prime example, right? You can attach an experience to it, right? And so if you to put out a piece of art and you said, like, here's what this art is and here's a bid, right? So people get to bid on it. But you tell them the experience is like, yo, y'all got to be on all the smoke. Mm. Now, I was going to ask funny, I was going to say, how can we make this experience for this wall or something just to make it, break it down a little more like an NFT? 
Right. So like, imagine like you took the picture of this, this, okay. this space right here, and people got to bid on it, or this was an art piece, right? And people got to bid, but the experience was you get to be on all the smoke uh, once a year. Well, let's do it for just one year. We get to be on the smoke for all the smoke for a year. Uh, we get to teach you how to do an actual podcast, right? You get to come to a live tapings for a year, right? That all those that would be the live table would be big. Yeah, that would be big yeah. because it's like Gary Vee did that. And he made $90 million and like he did different tiers. So he do different tiers, right? So like one of the tiers is like he'll appear on your podcast for yeah, two years. Right. So you guys is bringing on Allen Iverson, all these different. So that tier would be like a top level tier where like you could just be a fly in a room. People would pay $100,000 just to, just to yeah. be in a room so with Allen Iverson. Can, can, can you do an NFT of a championship ring? You could. Yeah. But imagine if you had like the guest was LeBron. Mm -hmm. And now that was what they were bidding yeah. on. How much you think that ticket's gonna be? Mm, right. Really? And here's the thing: like, if somebody bought it at this price, and you put an expiration date, like this is the day of the taping, all the way up to that date, like maybe a week before, you could keep it there. But like, somebody buys it, right, and they decide, you know what, I'm gonna sell it. You get a commission on it because you put a commission on right. the actual price. So like, if it's a ten percent, every time that experience gets sold, like you getting paid. Mm -hmm. So that after you do it for one year, all right, well, let's do that for four episodes next year. You see what I'm saying? And then you just keep going with it. Oh, it's like, and it's then, like, it, then inside of the metaverse, you create this studio, right? And then you have a bunch of people, but on the bottom floor, you get some of the NFTs that you've had, right? So now you got artwork that you've bought, and people, like, when they walk in, they can bid on your artwork. Like, mm -hmm. if you decide today, I'm just, you know, I'm putting some I got a bunch of dope art exactly. like, at my career. Or, or it's like, let's say trading cards. Let's say you do like a, a Al Harrington, everybody's coming on the show, an Al Harrington trading card, and then that trading card, with that, they get to play one-on-one -on -one with Al Harrington. Since somebody is going to pay 300000 just because. Like, you know what I'm saying? And then it's like, all right, you split it with Al, and then you, you both win, and then it's like you can transfer that to like, okay, next year it's going to be a three-on-three -three game, right? Yeah. And now the three-on-three game can actually be even more money. And then, like he said, the beautiful thing about the NFTs is that it lasts forever, but every time it is resold, you get a commission on it. So, like, with the sports, the opportunities is limitless with sports, like what you guys could be doing with the NFTs. And don't think about it like it's just a picture of something. I think the the, the real value is like attaching it mm -hmm. to something physical, experience. whether yeah. it's in a show, experience, something like that. And you'd be surprised how much people will pay for that type of experience. Like, that, like this shirt right here. Mm -hmm. So like imagine like you you have the store inside of your, your real estate in the metaverse, right? And you sell that for 99 cents. It's the same thing that your kids just did with you. They, they got you for the Roblox. But now, now we get all the smoke on the merch, and now it's like, yo, I was just in the, yo, they got these on 99 cents right now. 99 cents adds up when you got 60,000 mm, people right. visiting. You know what I'm saying? Right. Hope y'all are taking notes. And what were you man. doing? You were probably just chilling. Or debate show. I'm giving out too many ideas. I love it. Shit, still, like I said, we coming to stay with y'all for a whole week <laughs> during the summer. <laughs> this is dope, man. Because like I said, you make it interesting and fun and relatable. You can relate it to shit. And it makes, that's why I, I have, it's funny, the guy that does my taxes starting this week, actually Thursday, he's coming to start teaching my kids about taxes, NFTs, crypto, investments, LLCs. Because they have this little popping little Boy. podcast. So they're going to start getting mm -hmm. income. So I was even working with these guys. Like, how can we start teaching them early to me because it is so use my kids as posters to start teaching these 13 12 13 14 year olds yeah, it's important. so i think that shit is really yeah dope. we we grew up thinking about taxes as yo when am i getting my tax return mm -hmm. <laughs> like until you realize when you when you actually start accumulating what like wait mm -mm. we're just giving money back that right. they took from us right 
Like, this isn't a, We shouldn't be glorifying this. Yeah, <laughs> it was like, what, 48% of us? Man, too goddamn it, much. It was digging in us. <laughs> yeah. what, what athlete you, y'all consider a, a good entrepreneur and why? Well, I got to give a shout-out to Al because that's our bro. Well, that's, that's part of me, too, because I, I was there with Al. Uh, starting Viola. Okay. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay. Him, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. Had, there was a studio inside of Viola for all the small ones? Yeah. yeah. Oh, yeah, I remember yeah. that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I didn't even yeah. start yet. And he we was like, yo, you're yeah, do he it was right telling, here. That was yeah. He was telling us about the show before it started. That was a test episode. We were first, yeah. we first going to fuck with Al, but then yeah. he just kept disappearing on us. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he stayed on the go. He was in Oregon and he was in Michigan. Yeah, he stayed on the go. Nah, but Al, I mean, LeBron, was like, you know, that's just amazing to see what he's been able to do with his team. And it's like, you know, LeBron is just like, I think he's my GOAT for a variety of different reasons. But like, what? Talking he, basketball now, not, not business. Both. both. <laughs> but multi-GOAT. But what, what he's been able to do with his team while he's still playing. Right, yeah. Like even like Jordan, shout out to Mike Jordan, you know, but he, he did a lot of stuff after. Mm-hmm. Even Magic, it was after. Mm-hmm. LeBron's like Way actively wild. doing this. That's not easy to do. Like, well, you, you, know got, you, you got to think about it though. The dues they paid and the stuff they went through, they set it up for him to be able to do that. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? They, because actually, actually, you know, like the deals Jordan had and all that, like, if he wasn't doing what he did, they wouldn't have got the $100 million contracts yeah. and all mm-hmm. that. You know what I'm that's saying? True. Yeah, that's and, true. And, and the timing of everything, the timing had a lot to do with it. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? The way it was set up for Braun coming out of high school, and they, it was set up for him perfect. But the biggest thing that I like to touch on every time we talk about Braun is what? What he did for for his boys, that's, like it's a, a million people, and I, I, and I'm guilty of it. Yeah. Trying to bring your whole boys along and put them in position, and they don't buy in. They want you to hand them stuff, but through his he did, he the only one I know did it right. Yeah, with his boys brought him up and put him in position, and I think they was hungry as well. So I salute him for that too. Yeah, I think that's yeah. the difference. Like it, with, with Jordan and Magic, they incredible businessmen. You yep. see that. I don't know who his partner is. Right. Like I hear Reggie's the head of of Jordan, but. I've never. I didn't see him when he was playing with the Bulls. We know who Rich Paul is. Right. Mav we Carter. know who Maverick Carter is. Yeah. And they, they become moguls on their own. On their on own. Their own. Right? Mm-hmm. You see what I'm saying? Like that's completely different. And so we taking that out there blueprint. Like we took a lot from sports and, and entertainment, right? But the Rockefeller, how Rockefeller was built. Like there was three of us, them. There's three of us. You know, Ron put his team on. Like shout out to Abdullah. He was a kid in my after school program. Now he's our manager. Mm. He's, he didn't go to school oh, for that. Oh, the dude I met earlier. Yeah, yeah. He didn't yeah. go to school for that. Yeah, like, I remember yeah. I told him, like, look, man, you want to work for me? And he was like, nah. Straight up. We was on the bus ride one day. I'm like, yo, you want to work for me one day? He's like, nah, I ain't go to school for that. Why would I work for you? I'm like, why are you thinking like that? What if I you $100,000? He was like, if you pay me $100,000, i will work for you. I'm like, but what says I can't, <laughs> right? right? And so now we brought that conversation up. He was like, yo, bro, you was right. Like, I, I was too close-minded, but like we're putting him on. Imagine what he does now when he's only 25 years old, but imagine when he's 30, mm-hmm. what he's going to look like. Right. Right? Rich Paul, we didn't think he would be the, like, Bron knew it. Map, they, these guys have created their own businesses, their yes. own worlds, and there are people under them that are learning. Right? But he had to go. Like, even Matt, when he told us, he's like, I had to go to Nike. I had to intern there for a year. I had to really study what was going on there to understand the business. Rich Paul, Rich, too. Rich, Rich Paul was under, um, he was under, what agent? He was under was Leon, Leon Rose. Leon Rose? Leon Rose. Uh, and then Floyd, of course. We got to give Floyd his, his flowers, too. Yes, I don't think Floyd gets enough credit. Because they, they hate him because he yeah. put it in their face. Yeah. That's all that is. Yeah. He, rev- he revolutionized He about to go boxing. get another check just to... <laughs> yeah, just because. Yeah, I think the wealthiest... <laughs> 
being in Saudi Arabia. Yeah, he just, he, at like, this point, he just... Yeah, that's crazy. <laughs> <laughs> he was making an NFT out of it. Oh, let me... Would y'all, would y'all ever fight? Yeah, that's big right now. I would. Uh, I would. That's big right now. All the all the athletes is boxing now. Been on the number. Not like, <laughs> I, 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 I think how come? How come? How come you were uh, playing around I'm like good? That. <laughs> I'm cool. I ain't got no like hurt. I knock motherfuckers out with TV. <laughs> biggest brawl ever. I'm cool. You seen my work? <laughs> you seen my work? <laughs> you seen my work? I ain't got nothing to prove. Got a TSG? Yes, Joe gave it to me on her. the show. That's, yeah, that's yeah. her not giving. Yeah, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, yeah. Shout out to for, Joe. Real, for real, for real, for real. But you, but you would do it if it's if the chat. Yeah, what the numbers looking like? Depends. Yeah. I ain't got it in me. <laughs> All right, man. This shit has been dope. Super educational. You made a new friend uh, on the show, huh? So you made a new friend on the show. Yeah, he came over. I was here. thinking about getting this type of dog. Somebody was on the plane with this. It didn't move the entire time. Yeah, like sleep the whole time. Yeah, the whole yeah, time. Yeah. This dude might be a smoker. <laughs> <laughs> Definitely is now. Quick hitters. Top five businessmen in rap. Hove next. Go to number two. <laughs> puff. puff number Hove, two. Puff. Hove, Puff. Hove, Puff. 50. Uh, Got it. Yes. Dre. I say, I say baby. Baby. Cash money. Yeah. That's, that's a good five. I love what Ross is doing though. Ross, Ross shout Ross out to Ross. Ross, definitely Ross. Master P. Master P. It's a lot. It's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. It's a lot. Nas has stepped up too. Nas. Nas, <laughs> Nas with definitely. ring and all that shit. Nas is killing it right now. <laughs> yeah. Nas, heavy. Nas, Nas is killing it. Nas, if you're listening, yeah. oh, we need Esco. Yeah. We need y'all too. We, we all, yeah, we all. <laughs> we all yeah. do. Yeah, here in LA we too. We'll have a panel. All the smoke around your head. Yeah, do that. Do that. That's hard. Pick your part. Biggest impulse purchase you've made. We've all made them. We've yeah. all made them. Hey, Jack was known for cars and jewelry, boy. What you mean? Still is. <laughs> <laughs> the shit changed. Yeah. Uh, I'll say the worst but, um, decision I made. Uh, I bought a BMW 525. Um, but that was like when you was like... It was bad, though, bro. 20 years ago. Nah, like 15. But you, I bought you, it. I couldn't afford it. But bottom line, I couldn't afford yeah. it. Like I remember me and him, went to, we, went to go, we went to go pick it up. And... Um, they gave me the number back, and they were like, yeah, the payment's going to be uh, 589 a month. And at the time, I was making, like, 1200 every two weeks. <laughs> <laughs> I was like, all right. Well, maybe. <laughs> I'm figuring it out. Let's do it. Five years later, I'm like, what the hell? I can't yeah. afford to fix this thing. Teacher, like, teacher salary was going crazy. But I was fresh out there. Yeah. I was looking good out yeah. there. I was clean, though. I was clean. Got some things off that, too. I was, he was, my financial advisor was there with me. I felt confident. He, he was just like, yo, it's yeah. fine. Yo, get that. <laughs> that was the homie speaking. Yeah. I think the biggest impulse purchase I've made... Um, I, this bracelet that I have on now, I, this is a smaller version. I was in Atlanta, and I was kind of peer pressured into to buying. It was like three times bigger than this. <laughs> How much was it, if you don't mind? Where were you? Where were you? I, I, I was in a Rolex store. Okay. And I think, Atlantic, right? Yeah. Atlantic, I think it was like 70000 mm -hmm. And I got it. And you know what? It was, it was one of these things where I don't want to feel uncomfortable. And I'm like, I'm wearing this, and I know I'm a target just by wearing it. Yeah. And I'm like... I'm not a rapper. I don't really know if this really is the best decision. So <laughs> I went back the next day and... Um, Downgraded? Yeah. yeah. Small races. Small races. Yeah, small races. I ain't going that shit. Smaller. Hey, man, it's you, though. Because you know you come and talk. As soon as you put hey. that motherfucker on, it's over. The next call is like, yeah, um, so... How much is it to get security on a daily basis? <laughs> exactly. You start to calculate all these things. Like, it's not. Yeah, it's, that's a new expense, security expense. It's not worth it. One dream purchase you hope to make. I want to build uh, property in Jamaica. Like I said, my whole family's from there. 
And um, when I went back, I saw why they never wanted me to go back, if that makes sense. But that lent me so much to my family and to me that I feel it's only right. Mm. I have to have land out there and property for us to go back as a family. How old are y'all? Uh, I'm 39. I'm 37. Oh, so we kind of similar, the same age. We yeah. got a man. I was watching y'all, man. I, we grew up watching y'all. Mm, appreciate yeah, that. Yeah. yeah. Um, for me, it probably buy my parents at home. Mm. I mean, some I haven't done yet, but definitely, you know, want to want to do Best that. Best feeling in the world. I can, I I done had everything, but nothing topped that. Going home, when I going home, knowing a house paid for, knowing it's gonna be there, knowing it's how she wanted. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Don't nothing feel better than that, bro. Yeah, that's nothing. Dope. Top three stocks to invest in at the moment. Ooh. Come on, I'm just listening. Uh, should we just name them? Uh, I'll say uh, Facebook, Meta, uh, Apple, Microsoft. Yeah, that's a good list. Yeah. Go to. That's a good list. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> he can even say it. He just starts to buy. That's a good list. Can't Top go wrong. Five businessmen in sports. Um, well, Michael, you don't have to be actual numbers. Just who you feel. Yeah. Businessmen in sports. Okay. Junior Bridgman. Yeah, mm. yeah. That's people don't even know about Julian Bridgman. Mm -hmm. now, he's 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 a legend. Mm -hmm. uh, Jamal Mashburn. I was just gonna say that. Uh, Magic Johnson. You got any? You, you took my Jamal Mashburn. <laughs> um, who else we got? I'm trying to name people that we didn't name already. I know. I know. I mean, Chauncey was doing his thing, but now he's coaching in Portland. Is it Vinny Johnson that has dealerships in Detroit? Vinny, yeah, we was on cover him. Yeah, Vinny Johnson, the microwave. Mm -hmm. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. He's, mm -hmm. doing, he's doing his thing. Vinny Johnson's doing his thing. But that's the thing, like, so many people these type of things, like they doing and, it. Trace who? and Jermaine, yeah, they doing their thing too. Actually, they got a sports agency now. We're about to, we're yeah. about to speak to them. Mm -hmm. yeah. yeah, but that's what I'm saying. Like, that's a prime example. Like after they're finished playing, highlighting it. You know, next time you're gonna see him on on something with Brian Gumble, like mm -hmm. on Real Sports mm -hmm. on HBO. Mm -hmm. It's like. Look at what they're doing, doing now. It. But like, nah, they're doing it right now. Let's right. talk to them right now. Yes. Like, let's not wait 15 years until they like, all right, I'm done with the business. Mm -hmm. Here's what I did. Like, nah, mm -hmm. they're doing it right now. The let's talk to them right inspire. now. Exactly. Last question, man. Who do y'all want to see on our show? But. But, like Matt say, but before y'all answer, y'all have to help us get y'all answer on this show. Okay. Ooh. Okay. Well, <laughs> well. Y'all know who? <laughs> Well, I'm gonna give you two answers. All right. One we can definitely help out on, Rick Ross. Okay, been trying sure. to get Ross. So Ross, that can yeah. happen. Okay. That yeah. can definitely happen. And another one I don't know if I can help out on, but I would love to see LeBron on. Mm. Yeah, we trying to get him. We trying to get. Y'all had tip on yet? Nah, we need tip. Oh, that's yeah. that's, that's easy. That's a phone call. That's easy. Yeah. We can make we, that happen. We talk, we, we, I didn't talk to Tip yeah, a couple times. Yeah, we supposed times. to be lined up a couple yeah. times, but some shit came that up. That happen. Yeah. Ross and Tip. Uh, Tip is in my top I, 10 I all Magic. time. Magic, good call. I want to see Magic. I know you're an L.A. guy. Yeah. Magic sent me a dope mm -hmm. uh, wedding shout-out, too. Out yeah. the blue, yeah, and I haven't seen Magic in The last years. interview that we saw with him was with Maverick Carter. And we yeah. haven't seen him since. Yeah. yeah. And Magic, I mean, talk about Kings of L.A. It's the Magic Man. Yes. But yeah, so we're going to work on Tip and, and Ross for you. Yeah, get that sure. Done. Appreciate that, that's man. Love. Well, man, that's a wrap. I love these type of shows, man. We just, it, uh, you know, exceed your expectations. Uh, again, we come in the crash with y'all this summer. I want to continue to learn, but again, you guys have made it fun, and I think that's important. And that. That's that's why it's relatable, man. So continue success with you guys. Salute to y'all too. Figure out what we could do together. Y'all just gave us an NFT idea. Hope everyone. <laughs> yeah. Oh, you know who else? You know who else would be a good guest for y'all? We can help out with if you're interested. Who's definitely going to be a good conversation? Soldier Boy. Oh yeah, wow. I like Soldier Boy. I, 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 I'm just telling you, I'm gonna be. He gonna have. He, he gonna have me laughing too hard. Bro. I ain't gonna, <laughs> I ain't gonna keep it together <laughs> he's a, over here. He's a, 
he's a genius. Yo, he yeah, smoked. Yeah, yeah. He smoked a lot. He yeah, smoked yeah, yeah, all, yeah. all the time. Yeah. All the Big time. soldier. <laughs> Draco. Big Draco. Big Draco. First, yeah, put some respect on it. <laughs> anyway, Master Rap, all the smoke, times, earn your leisure. You can find us on Showtime Basketball YouTube and the iHeart platform, Black Effects. We'll you see did. you next week. This is All the Smoke, a production of the Black Effect and iHeart Radio in partnership with Showtime. At Bed 365 we don't do ordinary. We believe that every sport should be epic. Every home run, every hit, every inning, every play. From the moments that are legendary to the ones that fly under the radar. Whether it's a walk-off grand slam or a base hit to center field. Whatever the sport, whatever the moment, it's never ordinary at Pet365. 21 plus only must be present in Ohio. If you or someone you know has a gambling problem and wants help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. From BBC Radio 4, Britain's biggest paranormal podcast is going on a road trip. I thought in that moment, oh my God, we've summoned something from this board. This is uncanny usa he says somebody's in the house and i screamed listen to uncanny usa wherever you get your bbc podcasts if you dare what kind of fun is waiting for you at king's island the holy cow we're way too high and here comes the drop kind of fun the make a splash all summer kind of fun. The I can't believe I ate that whole funnel cake. Let's get another kind of fun. But most importantly, at Kings Island, you'll find for the fun of it kind of fun. Don't wait to start your fun season. Kings Island is now open on weekends.